0: Welcome in to the Chiefs Stone Podcast. My name is Farzim Basugi and your host of the Chiefs Stone Podcast. Appreciate all of you guys making time out of your day to download and listen to the podcast. No Chiefs football, of course. However, that has not stopped the Chiefs from making news. Three big news stories that happened this past week that we've got to discuss. Steve Spagnolo, now the defensive coordinator. It is now official. He is the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. That news broke. Up late last week and then on Sunday a pair of big stories of course the chiefs players that participated in the pro bowl uh, made a lot of big waves in there Patrick Mahomes wins the offensive pro bowl mvp so big ups on him we'll discuss that in uh, in the podcast later on and also bad news unfortunately DeAnthony Thomas wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs who is without a contract right now that is worth noting uh, he uh, was arrested over the weekend. We will talk about that. And does that hurt his chances of returning to Kansas City? A lot of you guys voiced your opinions on this on the Facebook page. And a lot of you guys were upset that this was news and that he got in trouble for this incident. Uh, which was, according to the Allen County Jail, uh, on suspicion of possession of marijuana and possession of drug paraphernalia. And by the way, to be clear, I said, uh, according to Allen County Jail, I meant uh, Allen County Sheriff's Office posts. They posted this on Facebook. And we'll get into the details with all of this in a moment. I'm going to tell you why he hurt his chances greatly. You guys might not agree with this statement. This is not my thought process. I am going to provide you the thought process of Clark Hunt, because that is going to be very important. I'll explain all of that Later on in the podcast, plus this is something we had in planning for the show, but we got swathed with so many things. We will still discuss it on the podcast. We're going to look at all of the free agents for Kansas City, all of the uh, players, the 23 players who are set to become free agents, or at least currently without a contract right now, I should say, going to look at all of uh, those players uh, on offense, defense, and special teams, and who should the Chiefs bring back, who is likely to come back. Uh, We'll touch on that on this podcast as well, plus our closing segments, as always, to wrap up this episode. And then don't forget on Friday, going to be a much shorter episode. We'll t- we'll touch on any of the Chiefs news that comes up, but that'll strictly be a Super Bowl 53 preview episode between the Patriots and the Rams, the big game, of course, on Sunday. So that is what we will have later this week. But for right now, got a lot of topics to get into. On this episode. So very little time to waste before we move on. I want to remind you guys, you guys can get involved with the podcast on social media, facebook.com slash farzinevasu again. That is my Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Interact with me on there. As always, I appreciate all of you guys who have been doing that lately. And still continuing continuing to do so, despite the offseason now in full swing for the Chiefs. You guys can also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. The email is also farzine at farzingvasuigan.com. Email me if you Wish to do so on there. And uh, last thing before we start the podcast, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and on Podbean. Uh, So make sure you uh, spread the word as well. Subscribe, hit that link first, and then hit the share button as well. Spread the word about the Chiefs on Podcast with your friends. All right, first things first, uh, I know we... Touch on this quite a bit. I did mention last episode, last uh, b- before the weekend, essentially that I know how this works sometimes with uh, podcasting and how news unfolds. Uh, sometimes it uh, it'll come as you're listen- listening to the podcast. Things could already be out of date. So uh, what I did on that podcast is uh, I decided to look back on Steve Spagnolo's pass with the Giants, the Saints, his second stint with the Giants, and also his head, uh, head coaching run with the Rams and basically how all of that panned out from the defenses that he has been a part of. I'm not going to go over that too much. We're going to actually touch on that a little bit on this episode. But if you want to hear the details about how Spagnuolo's defenses have done in the past, go check out that podcast. Uh, The most recent episode of uh, the Chiefs on Podcast. The the, the episode before this one, essentially. What I want to focus on on this episode, now that the hiring is official with Steve Spagnuolo now the new Chiefs defensive coordinator replacing Bob Sutton, how is this defense going to move forward? Because everyone has pretty much come to the conclusion, even though there has not been any formal announcement from the Chiefs on this, there's pretty much confirmation everywhere that the Chiefs are switching to the 4-3 defense. And look, like I said before, uh, and I've said this on social media, when there is change on the way, there is some concern here. Uh, a couple of concerns with Steve Spagnolo. One is the Chiefs switching to the 4-3. Are the players going to be able to make that con- convert uh, in that switch successfully? That I'll get to shortly. The biggest one from Chiefs fans, the fact that Spagnuolo, uh he had some bad defenses uh, during his time with the Giants, more so in his second stint. And let me say this. The thing on that is, he didn't get a lot of help personnel-wise from the front office there in New York. He's coming to a Chiefs defense that has a lot of great talent. And obviously, he and Andy Reid, they've worked together. So it's not like this is a guy coming into Andy Reid's coaching staff with absolutely zero idea on how to run things. These guys do have a working relationship from before. So that definitely helps as well moving forward. And by the way, to be clear on something... There are players on this four three, de- what it's expected to now be a four three defense, players who have experience playing in the four three before. D Ford and he talked a little bit about this in the Pro Bowl. I'll read you the quote, but D Ford has experience playing in the four three defense as a defensive end out of Auburn. In fact, if you remember during the twenty fourteen NFL draft, D Ford, when they announced his name, uh, when Roger Goodell was at the podium, they actually announced his name, his position as a defensive end. Reggie Ragland, when he was with the Buffalo Bills, Rex Ryan was the the head coach there, excuse me. The defensive coordinator there was Dennis Thurman, who who ran a 4-3 defense when he was in Buffalo. Even though Rex Ryan, as a DC, he runs a 3-4. Rex gave Thurman control of that in Buffalo and Ragland. He was a four-three outside linebacker, the Will linebacker spot. There's the Sam linebacker spot and the Will linebacker spot, and we'll spend time on a different podcast, kind of going over the difference of those three linebacker spots and really what responsibility each of those three linebacker spots have. Because I, I know some people listening, they may know that, but there are a lot of people listening who may not have full familiarity of that. So we're gonna to touch on that on next week uh, on a on a episode next week. Like I said last week, uh, we'll have two podcasts as well. Uh, after the Super Bowl. That'll be the last time we'll have two episodes, and we'll spend some time next week discussing those positions right there because I think that is very important for Chiefs fans to know because there are a lot of people who know 3-4, 4-3. They know how many linebackers there are, how many defensive linemen there are, but I I think a lot of fans aren't aware of exactly what the differences are, the major differences, and that's okay, and that's what we're here for, and we'll discuss that on next week's episode. But for right now, I just want to make... Clarity that the Chiefs do have a couple of players right now that have experience in this 4-3 defensive scheme. Like I mentioned, Reggie Raglan, one of them, although I do need to note Raglan never played a regular season game for the Buffalo Bills. He only practiced in OTAs as a 4-3 outside linebacker, so that's the most familiarity he does have in the NFL, at least at the pro level in the 4-3 defense. Now, Anthony Hitchens has a little bit more experience, was in the uh, Will linebacker spot, just like uh, Reggie Ragland in Buffalo in OTAs. Hitchens was also a WLB, an outside linebacker, essentially, in the 4-3 defense in Dallas, where he really excelled there and played very well against the run uh, in his final year with the Dallas Cowboys before coming to Kansas City. So, uh, look, I'll I'll say this. I know that that this... Chiefs team, obviously not very good last year on defense. And Steve Spagnolo, past couple of years as a coach, didn't do very well with some of the defenses he, he's had. I think both guys coming into this situation, I think that'll fit. Listen, Andy Reid didn't do very well in the last two years with the Eagles. Look what he's done here in Kansas City. You know, the Chiefs coming off a 2 and 14 season, Andy Reid, I think... In the final year with the Eagles, what was the record? I think 4-12, and 12, and it was six ones before that, and they fired him. And look where Andy Reid is right now, obviously making a lot of history. He has the highest winning percentage of any Chiefs coach in uh, franchise history. So uh, sometimes a change of scenery is needed. Uh, for Steve for Spagnuolo, he's coming into a defense that, again, has a lot of good talent. And I, like I said this before, I think switching defensive coordinators, letting Bob Sutton go alone will help this defense improve drastically and maybe Tom Brady doesn't have you know three or four open receivers in one play and an open Julian Edelman and and a Gronkowski open on every third down play it felt like at least so I feel like those are the kinds of improvements you will see with this Chiefs defense just on switching uh, defensive coordinators alone how much will the 4-3 help this Chiefs defense making that switch that is to be seen of course Now I will say this, uh, with the draft picks this year, and obviously with Marcus Peters being traded away last offseason, that Marcus Peters trade really does help the Chiefs right now more than ever. Now the Chiefs are going to be picking 29th in the first round. Obviously not the most exciting placement to have in the draft, but let me address that in just a moment. The Chiefs have a second-round pick, their own second-round pick. Then they have another second-round pick from the Rams. Let me remind you guys, in the Marcus Peters trade, Kansas City traded away Marcus Peters in a 2018 sixth-round pick in exchange for the Rams' fourth-round pick last year, uh, which ended up being Armani Watts, and a 2019 second-round pick this year. So, a lot of Chiefs fans, not they weren't big fans of what the Chiefs got in return, but I think right now... That second round pick is looking really good right now. And, and look, if you look at the two second round picks the Chiefs have, their own and the Rams, well, the Rams are either going to lose the Super Bowl or they're going to win. So that's going to be a very late second round pick. And the Chiefs already have their own late second round pick. The Chiefs also have a third round pick of their own. Their fourth round pick, they may lose it to the Bills. It's a conditional pick. Uh, it may or may not transfer depending on unknown conditions from the Reggie Ragland trade. Now let me say this, I know, picking 29th overall, not a fun spot to pick. It's It doesn't spell excitement, not one bit. However, you look at the Chiefs and what they've done with, so they're like, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, who clearly should have been the number one overall pick in 2017, that guy was picked 10th overall, and it wasn't until the Chiefs traded up in the draft. To get Patrick Mahomes. Not only that, in 2016, the Chiefs had a late first round pick and they traded it away. What did they get from the 2016 draft class? Well, they got Chris Jones and Tyree Kill. Uh Tyree Kill, he's been to a Pro Bowl every year since he was drafted. And Chris and I know with Tyree Kill, his incident uh probably forced him to be taken late. But Chris Jones should have been a Pro Bowler this year, but nonetheless. Uh, one of the best defensive players in football this season they were both taken outside of the first round Travis Kelsey I believe was a high third round pick coming out of Cincinnati Jamal Charles and Kareem Hunt running backs on this team were both third round picks so look uh, you can talk about having the 29th overall pick and how that's not enticing at all I, I completely agree with that but that doesn't mean the Chiefs are not going to find a Pro Bowl caliber, caliber player at 29 overall or maybe with one of those two late second round picks that they're going to get. One from uh, their own pick, uh, of course, and the other coming from the LA Rams. So even though they are late picks, having three picks in the first two rounds and of course uh, plus your third round pick, that is going to be very vital. Because you're switching to a 4-3 defense and you might need to go after a couple of defensive players who have experience in the 4-3 and bring them in to help maybe complete some of the missing pieces to the puzzle with this defense. Uh, That that way this defense can improve from their 31st total defense in 2018. And obviously third down, very terrible year for the Chiefs defense. That Patriots game, uh, the loss in overtime in the AFC Championship game, that was a big part of it. So this draft right now, gonna be very crucial for the Chiefs. Oh, by the way, you got that second round pick from the Rams in the Marcus Peters trade. So that Marcus Peters trade, uh, I know in the end or excuse me in the beginning Chiefs fans were not very happy about that, but looking at Marcus Peters right now not having a very good year with the Rams, albeit he is now playing in a Super Bowl, but Doesn't have a a big hand in their success defensively speaking. So that second round pick is looking really good right now for Kansas City. Sure, it is a late pick. But again, I read you some of the guys who the Chiefs have taken in recent years. Chris Jones, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Jamal Charles, Kareem Hunt. Those are guys who were not taken in the first round. Some of them not even taken in the second round and have had tremendous careers in Kansas City. So don't get too upset over the fact that the Chiefs don't have a lot of high draft picks Hey, if anything, leave it to the Chiefs, a team that's had a lot of great success. Dante Hall, of course. I know that was not as recent, but a guy who had a a phenomenal career as a fifth-round pick. So if there's a team out there that's had a lot of good luck in the NFL draft in later rounds, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And if there's a general manager who we trust right now, than any of the other GMs we've had in recent history. Boy, uh, is Brett Veach a guy that you really like right now? I know last year's, uh, or this past year's draft class, not the greatest. You didn't have a first-round pick uh, because you traded it away for Patrick Mahomes. Breland Speaks was playing behind two pro bowlers. Uh, S- S- Tremont Smith may be the most notable guy from from the... Uh, Draft class who you had because of his abilities as a kick returner, uh, but again, not a lot of uh, exciting talent this year from the draft because you did not have a first round pick and your number one drafted player Breland Speaks was be- playing behind two Pro Bowl caliber players in Justin Houston and D Ford. So hopefully this year the Chiefs go after guys who can be. Uh, Maybe not immediate week one starters, but they can start within the first couple of weeks in the NFL season. Because you know you're going to need some new faces on this 4-3 defense through free agency and the draft. And that Marcus Peters trade, that really helps out quite a lot right now for Kansas City's defense. So Steve Spagnuolo, your new defensive coordinator, and expecting to switch to the 4-3 defense. And and I didn't mention the quote from D Ford uh, he was interviewed during the Pro Bowl. He said, I haven't had a chance to meet with Steve Spagnuolo yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. He has a great resume, and it looks like I'll be going back to those Auburn days coming off the edge. Uh, two things to note on that. Obviously, he's alluding to the fact that he has experience in the 4-3 defense. Number two, D. Ford does not have a contract right now. He is expected to be a free agent, but he's talking as if he is under contract. He uh, People were saying that he has expressed interest in returning to Kansas City. So, that is a very positive thing to hear from D Ford. Yeah, look, I know he screwed up big time on that interception. Uh, I believe that was the Charvarius Ward uh line up offsides. I I I get it, okay? I mean, he screwed up. There have been other screw ups before, not in crucial moments, of course, but uh you need D Ford. D Ford is going to be very important for this Chiefs team moving forward, especially given his experience in this new defense that you're going to be playing. And I think Justin Houston, you know, he's a guy who you want to continue to move forward with. Still under contract, of course. Uh, A lot of Chiefs fans are wondering if his contract gets restructured. We'll see. I don't think it does. But you've got two really good defensive ends in this 4-3 defense in D Ford and Justin Houston. That is something I'm excited for. And you can use those draft picks to address other positions to help complete some of the missing pieces on this 4-3 defense. Let me know your thoughts. Facebook.com slash Twitter.com slash Two 21. And my email, Farzine at FarzeeVesugian.com. I don't have the uh, gentleman's name in front of me, but I had someone on Twitter who, uh listener of the podcast interacts with me quite a bit, who mentioned that he kind of wonders if D Ford is going to be used similarly to Khalil Ma- uh, yeah, Khalil Mack of the Chicago Bears, who lines up as a defensive end sometimes, and sometimes as an outside linebacker. I said I disagreed with that, but I would not put that out of the realm of possibilities. Listen, nowadays as a defensive coordinator, you've got to be very creative and very flexible. You've got to make sure you have a lot of versatility on your defenses. You cannot just be limited to the 3-4 or the 4-3. Maybe change it up a little bit and throw off some of these offensive linemen. Because you might be expecting one thing. And listen, opposing teams aren't dumb. They know that. You know, next year when we do all of our previews, we're going to talk a lot about opposing offensive tackles like we did this past year. Those offensive tackles know that they're going to be facing good players in D Ford and Justin Houston, assuming they both are with the team in 2019. So this is going to be a defense that you know what their strengths are, but throw them off a little bit when you can. So I'm going to be interested in seeing what kind of creativity Spagnuolo brings to this defense as well. Now, some good news, of course, from the Pro Bowl. Uh, uh Let me just address this. People want to say they don't care about the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl last year got 8.6 million viewers. Now, by the time this podcast is out, the numbers for Sunday's Pro Bowl will be out. But I guarantee you it's going to be high. It's just going to be. All right? Uh, people say they don't care. Uh, Chiefs fans... I got a couple of tweets saying, hey, well, let's have it be flag football instead. At least it'll be more fun. I don't know if a lot of people would be watching for that. I know there was a lot of two-hand touch in this Pro Bowl. Um, D. Ford, who had three tackles in this game, uh, he, at one point, lined up as a 4-3 outside linebacker, which is very awkward to see him in that stance. But, uh, uh, look, the Pro Bowl, I mean, you just have your... Your your weird deals with this, the, the weird rules where outside linebackers cannot blitz. Uh, and People are lining up in defensive schemes they're not normally used to. I mean, it's the Pro Bowl. Uh, still, even with all of that, people still watch the game. Uh, and, of course, the AFC won 26-7. Chiefs players dominated in this game. Patrick Mahomes was the Pro Bowl offensive MVP. 7-14 of for 156 yards and a touchdown pass to Eric Ebron, the Colts' tight end. Uh, Who had a phenomenal year as a tight end, second most tight ends in the uh, in the or excuse me, second most touchdowns in the NFL. The most among tight ends this year with 15. By the way, Mahomes, who was mic'd up in this game, I guess he screwed up at one point late in the first quarter. He drops an f bomb, and then within seconds he remembered he was mic'd up and covered his mouth through his face mask uh, when he realized what he had done on live TV. Now ESPN tried to mute that tried to censor it but they couldn't do it successfully you could hear them uh mute the broadcast but they did it way too late and Mahomes cursing on live tv i posted the video on facebook and twitter go check it out if you have not it's actually kind of funny to see everything with mahomes is always going to be making a big deal now but it is funny to see mahomes uh, just kind of have the screw up and immediately realize oh shoot i i curse on tv i probably should not have done that mic'd up uh tyreek hill also had a good game uh in the uh in the pro bowl for the afc Rushing for 24 yards off two carries. That was the most for the AFC. Also caught three passes for 23 yards. Uh, Anthony Sherman had a very good day. A lot of people thought he should have been the Pro Bowl MVP. Uh, The fullback ran in for a touchdown. Had four carries for 11 yards. Also caught three passes for 92 yards. He was the people's MVP in this Pro Bowl. And I mentioned D Ford. He had three tackles. By the way, D Ford at one point was lined up in the neutral zone. And then he quickly got back. Didn't even look like he panicked. Just normally walked back behind the line of scrimmage before the ball was snapped. I guarantee people are making a big deal about this on Twitter. I promise you, he was trolling all the social media people. I, I guarantee you, that's what he was doing. Because, and by the way, the way he was lined up, you could kind of tell. Okay, he has to know he's offsides. He just has to at this point. I, I said this uh, after the game. I guarantee you, moving forward, T Ford is always going to check uh, with the officials at the line of scrimmage just to make sure. Uh, it's one of those things, you make a really brutal mistake and you're going to remember moving forward to not let that happen again. It's unfortunate, but hey, it happened, it's over, what are you going to do about it? And by the way, the Chiefs players have had a lot, I mean, they have a great attitude about it. A lot of players hanging out with uh, with Patrick Mahomes in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Tyreek Hill, he was doing a live video on Instagram and he got recognized at Disney World. He was with his fiance and his uh, his son and they recognized him, the fans recognized Tyreek Hill. As he was walking uh, around Disney World. Uh, but again, Russell Wilson posted a video with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Jamal Adams, who ended up being the defensive MVP, the safety from the Jets. He also uh, posted a video praising uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes got a lot of love from people. A lot of people loved hanging out with Mahomes. Uh, by the way, uh, Tyreek Kill and Jalen Ramsey. If you remember Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback for uh, the Jaguars, who called Tyreek Kill a return specialist. We, of course, joked with that quite a lot. As the season went along, they took a selfie together. And, you know, just go, listen, I know we we, we make a big deal about that kind of stuff, but I don't think people realize players trash talk through interviews and on the field. But then after the game, they shake hands, they hug it out, they say, hey, look for, if you're not going to be in the Super Bowl, we look forward to seeing you in the Pro Bowl and let's hang out in Vegas or let's hang out, you know, in Miami or wherever. Uh, These players are closer than I think fans realize. Uh, Yeah, sure, they go at it. Uh, Von Miller, I know he's had his. Moments with Chiefs players, but there was that moment where he sent every player in the AFC West a bottle of wine. And uh, I remember uh, Travis Kelsey and Marquette King, they kind of uh, went at each other when Tyreek Hill took a punt return back for a touchdown his rookie year. That was a Thursday night football game against the Raiders. And then those two were hanging on quite a lot at the Pro Bowl. So look, we see these guys go at it uh, in games, but they always have fun with each other in the Pro Bowl or if they run into each other. Uh, when they're on vacation in the off season, or they 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 make an effort to actually visit one another. So, and we see these kinds of things, but it's all fun and games. I mean, it's it's football, it's sports, it's entertainment. You never take those kinds of stuff too seriously, as long as nothing too personal was said about another person. Now, obviously, in this case, that was not the case with Tyreek Hill. Still, a funny thing we like to joke about, and we saw that uh, selfie they posted together on uh, on social media, which was at the Pro Bowl in, uh, was it Orlando? Yeah, Orlando. Of course, that's where Disney World is. We just talked about that. I was about to say Miami, but it was Orlando. One other thing I want to note with the Pro Bowl, all of the quarterbacks taken in the first round of the 2017 draft, they were in the Pro Bowl. Patrick Mahomes, Mitchell Trubisky, and Deshaun Watson. A lot of people thought Deshaun Watson would have the better career. Some people thought Mahomes would have the better career. People thought that Mahomes or excuse me, uh, Trubisky was a bit of a reach even though a lot of people were projecting him to be the first quarterback taken from that draft class. All three of them made the Pro Bowl this year. A lot of people talked about Mahomes and how great he was and the fact that you know he at one point Mahomes already surpassed Trubisky for most career touchdowns and Chicago Bears fans were kind of concerned. Did, did did we make a mistake taking Trubisky over Mahomes? Uh, people wondered if Watson would ever live up to expectations. Not only did all three of these quarterbacks make it to the Pro Bowl this year, all three of them played in the playoffs this year. Now I know the Texans didn't look very good. The Bears, of course, had that heartbreaking loss at the end right there on that missed or blocked field goal, tipped field goal, whatever you want to call it, in that Eagles win. Uh, all three of them still made the Pro Bowl this year and the playoffs. So that just goes to show that I think at the end of the day, uh, even though Mahomes by far has the best start from these three, all three of them are doing very well, and it's going to be very interesting to see how how these three do, and of course, don't forget about uh, the Cleveland Browns and what they have in Baker Mayfield. Could be very good for years to come. Going to be very fun to see, and the the Chiefs have one of those quarterbacks, fortunately, in Mahomes, so going to be very fun to see how these quarterbacks pan out uh, in the next 10 years of their careers, and the rivalry that is going to be pretty much created among these guys. I think the Browns are going to be a far more competitive team with Baker Mayfield. You saw that after Hugh Jackson was let go. I thought that was a mistake, but turns out to be the right move. Freddie Kitchens, we'll see what he does. But I think the future is right in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. I think the Bears are going to do a lot of great things with with an improved defense. And, of course, they got Khalil Mack and Trubisky, of course, improved as the season went along. And Watson did a lot of great things his rookie year and... Uh, showed some of that in his second year as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun seeing these quarterbacks, uh, uh, these uh, the 2017 draft class in their third years, and of course, Baker Mayfield in his second year. It's going to be a lot of fun to see all of these quarterbacks and what they do uh, in 2019 and in years ahead to come. Now, unfortunately, there was some bad news on Sunday. Not all of it was good news, but DeAnthony Thomas, the wide receiver for the Chiefs, who is... Not under contract right now and could be a free agent. I think his odds of becoming a free agent went up. Let me just explain what happened. And I want to be 100% clear on all of this and what he got in trouble for. Uh, Some people are not happy that he got in trouble for this and that it's a minor issue. Let me just read what happened. The Allen County Sheriff's Office Post, they have a Facebook page and... I guess some some of these uh, accounts, some police departments, some uh, counties, sheriff accounts, they may make them public on social media. They may not put them on social media. Allen County's sheriff's uh, office post apparently does that. Uh, they posted a picture of all of the people who had been arrested, I guess, during the week. DeAnthony Thomas was one of those people who was arrested, and he was Booked into Allen County Jail on suspicion of possession of marijuana and possession of drug paraphernalia. Now I do want to say one thing because I saw a comment on the Facebook page that a lot of people liked. And someone asked, why is it that his face is made public? Why is this not the case with other people? Well, as I just said, Allen County's uh, Sheriff's Facebook post on their Facebook page, they posted a lot of pictures. One of them happened to be DeAnthony Thomas. So they do this with everyone. It's not just DeAnthony Thomas. The reason that DeAnthony Thomas is news and that your neighbor Joe Schmo doesn't make it on the Kansas City Stars website or on KCTV5 is because DeAnthony Thomas is a Chiefs player. And this leads me to my next comment. My guess Clark Hunt is not going to want DeAnthony Thomas to come back. Now, before I move forward, I want one thing to be clear. I am not comparing the incidents with Marcus Peters that led him to be traded and the incident with Kareem Hunt that led him to be let go because all three of these players, Marcus Peters, Kareem Hunt, and possibly DeAnthony Thomas that, that could cost him a chance to returning in Kansas City, all three of these players did something completely different. Marcus Peters peacefully protested, something that Clark Hunt, I guess, was not in favor of. Andy, Andy Reid tried to shut that down, but... Nobody believed Andy Reid when he denied Clark Hunt's involvement in the trade. Nobody believed him in that. Kareem Hunt, uh, we all know what happened: shoved and kicked a woman. Kicked a woman. It was the second of three incidents. He lied about that second incident. That got him kicked off the team, and Clark Hunt had a big hand in that. And he claims that the Chiefs were aware of all three incidents. The first incident that happened, I guess, just hours after that Titans playoff loss. People did not know about that until the video came out and his release happened. Uh, But anyway, I I, I don't want to digress. My point is, that's what Kareem Hunt did. And what DeAnthony Thomas did, what he got in trouble for, again, nowhere near as bad. Uh, The Peters incident, look, uh, again, he peacefully protested. And 2017, not a good year for him from a PR standpoint because... He did sit during the National Anthem in the Pats game and the Redskins game. And the reason I highlight those two games, those were two of the first four games in the regular season in 20... What was it? 2017? Yeah, 2017. Those were both primetime games and the cameras showed him and it made headlines. And I guess Clark Hunt did not like that. And of course, there was that incident where he threw the referee's penalty flag into the stands. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, the incident behind closed doors, where he got suspended because of arguing with Bob Sutton, or whatever the case was. Uh, I mean, you had that uh, all happen with uh, with Marcus Peters with De'Anthony Thomas. I mean, he he just had what what was it? Let me reread it again. Suspicion of possession of marijuana and possession of drug paraphernalia. Now, people are not happy about this because he was arrested for suspicion of possession. Now look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm familiar with the law and these kinds of things. Uh, Look, it's not the worst thing that someone has ever done, all right? I I mean, there have been players out there and non-players. I mean, just your average Joes who have gone out there and committed far worse activities and have been booked for those incidents. By the way, D'Anthony Thomas tweeted about this. uh, Well, I, I don't know if he tweeted about the photo, but... After it started to become uh, notable, uh, he wrote in caps. Now, to be fair, all of his tweets are in caps. But he wrote, we just creating multiple revenue streams. Hashtag CEO Dat. I guess he's trying to promote something he's got coming out. I don't know. But at the end of the day, he got in trouble. Again, this isn't anywhere near as bad as... Kareem Hunt and Marcus... The Marcus Peters thing isn't even bad. It's obviously not a criminal activity deal. However, all three of those incidents, that led to negative PR. And the reason I'm making a big deal about that, Clark Hunt hates negative PR. He just does. Clark Hunt hates it. We had Marty McDonnell on the show a couple of times and he had highlighted that with what he had done with Save Our Chiefs and flying the banners over the stadium. And Clark Hunt was very upset about all of that because that's negative PR. Now listen, maybe if the incidents with Kareem Hunt and Peters never happened, then maybe the situation with De'Anthony Thomas, if he was under contract, Hunt would probably just let it go. There might be a team-imposed punishment. But for right now, here's the deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. There have been a couple of incidents in recent memory that have brought negative PR to this football team. Second of all, this team is a big deal right now. Every story with the Chiefs is a big deal. I said this about the Royals when they had their uh, World Series runs back-to-back years. Just about every story in those players' personal lives became news. Look at Harrison Butker, which, by the way, congratulations to him and his family uh, uh, recently welcoming a uh, a baby boy to this world. Uh, hashtag uh, baby butt kicker. That, that's the hashtag I put out there, baby buttkicker. Uh, but my point is... The the, uh, birth of Harrison Butker's kid is news. If the Chiefs don't make it to the AFC title game, no one probably cares about this. It's probably not even even a news story. So now that every story with Kansas City... If Patrick Mahomes gets engaged, that is going to be on the front page of the Kansas City Stars website, and it's going to be on all four TV stations. My point here is, everything now with the Chiefs is now it's a big deal. And I don't mean to exacerbate the D'Anthony Thomas situation any worse than it already is. It's not even that bad, to be honest with you. But again, I'm going to repeat it. It's negative PR and it's something Clark Hunt hates. And given what just happened with the Kareem Hunt incident that some people are still criticizing the Chiefs for, for either not knowing what happened or... You know, maybe they even handled it poorly. Some people disagreed with Cunningham. Regardless, it, there was a negative PR all around the incident. So at this point, Clark Hunt, I think he's going to speak to Brad Reach and say, hey, look, we've had too many issues we've dealt with, unfortunately. Let's not bring back the Anthony Thomas. Now again, there is another issue with this regarding how big of a deal is it that he had we again suspicion of possession of marijuana and possession of drug paraphernalia. It's not the worst thing in the world and I know there is a big disagreement and a lot of conflict as to what the NFL's rules are and what where people's stances on this kinds of thing. This is really not my place to speak on this uh, and we've never really talked about this on the podcast. We probably should have in the past, but we really haven't. Uh I think at the end, and I remember last year on April the twentieth, four twenty, which is National Weed Day, a lot of former players, uh, former uh, athletes, I should say, including one former Chief, Sean Smith, they were uh, participating uh, in National Weed Day on some day. Bleacher Report had a big uh, piece on this, and Sean Smith was a part of that. There are a lot of players that are advocating for this to be legalized across the the country, and and not only that, but only, but also for the NFL to allow it. To be used uh, by players. Uh, There's a very strict rule about this with the UFC that fighters are are allowed to smoke weed. However, they cannot do it 24 hours before a fight and 24 hours after a fight. So there's that policy right there. Uh, And the NFL's, I remember one NFL player mentioning that and saying, hey, look, why don't we go towards something like this? Now, there's a big topic about that that we could get into, but unfortunately, the NFL. Uh, they frown upon this kind of thing and Clark Hunt he does not like the negative PR so and on top of that his contract with the Chiefs is up and he may not be back in Kansas City he did sign a one-year deal last offseason to return unfortunately that may not be the case and we're going to go over the free agent list just shortly DeAnthony Thomas is one of the players I was hoping would come back I'll, I'll still explain why later on but there's a deal right there. I do want to say one other thing. Yes, Demetrius Harris did have a very similar incident in 2017, which he pled guilty to a marijuana possession misdemeanor from March of 2017. Uh, the suspension finally. Came. The NFL takes forever with these kinds. I guarantee you, Anthony Thomas will be suspended, but it won't be for two years. The NFL takes forever to decide on, on these kinds of things. But Demetrius Harris, he did suffer a, uh, he he did take a one-game suspension this past year. He also served 48 hours of jail time last March. Uh, the report came out. So there's that incident right there. Uh, but I, I think at the time, the the Chiefs were not as big of a deal, and you didn't have that incident with Kareem Hunt at the time. Again. Two completely different incidents. I just want to be clear. I'm not comparing the incidents. But the big thing that all of these things have in common. Negative PR. So uh, we'll see how the Chiefs handle that moving forward. uh, With DeAnthony Thomas. If they will still bring him back. Or if they choose to let him walk. Based on what I think Clark Hunt feels. I think the Chiefs are going to let him walk. Because of the negative PR. Unfortunately. Speaking of players coming back. Maybe... They'll be let go. Maybe maybe they'll uh, walk and test the uh, the free agency market. A lot of players uh, who are the Chiefs need to think about right now. 12 on offense, 10 on defense, and 1 on special teams. Uh, let's start with the offense. Let's just go kind of in order with the positions here. Uh, no quarterbacks set to be free agents. So Mahomes, Henney, and Chase Lynn, they're all going to be brought back for another year. Running backs, this is going to be very interesting. Spencer Ware and Charkandrick West are both set to be free agents. They both signed three-year deals after 2015 when they filled in for Jamal Charles and both did very well. And in, in the 2016 offseason, uh, at the time, John Dorsey gave both players a three-year contract worth, uh, I believe, 3 to $4 million. dollars. A little bit different, I believe, for both players, but still very similar contracts. And they were brought back. Uh, the thought was that they would both... Be very active, backing up Jamal Charles. Unfortunately, Charles de- dealt with more knee injuries. And eventually, Spencer Ware and Chuck Hendrick West started playing a lot more. Chuck Hendrick West got a lot of playing time despite backing up Kareem Hunt in 2017 after Spencer Ware went down with an injury in the preseason. A it- torn ACL to end his season and-, and I couldn't even have a regular season, essentially. And people made a big deal about this when Kareem Hunt was let go. The Chiefs had only one player under contract at the running back position for 2019. That player was Daryl Williams, an undrafted rookie. Now the Chiefs have extended Damian Williams since then. So now they have two running backs coming back, Daryl Williams and Damian Williams. And now you've got Spencer Ware and Sharkandrick West. Sharkandrick West, who was let go during the preseason, was brought back after the Kareem Hunt incident. And he made some big plays for Kansas City. Uh, Spencer Ware did some good things after he got his starting job back uh, after Kareem Hunt was let go. Listen, I really want this offense to have the same four running backs. Charkandrick West, Spencer Ware, Damian Williams, and Darryl Williams. I think all four running backs did very well. Given the fact that they let go of Kareem Hunt, who was, what, top three or top four in the NFL in total yards from scrimmage at the point he was released. So... That was a very difficult position to to replace right there. Very difficult player to to replace. And the Chiefs needed multiple players to fill in for his shoes. And that's exactly what we saw as the season went along. The Chiefs offense still did a lot of great things. Uh, Still had that high scoring, high powered offense without Kareem Hunt. And they did it with Ware, West, both Williams guys. And I hope that... They're able to come to some sort of an agreement. By the way, I was very shocked that Charkandrick West was cut by the Jets and was a free agent this entire time. I think Charkandrick West is a good running back. Maybe not a starting running back on a 32-team league, but I think at the very least, this guy has to be a number two running back somewhere in the NFL. He has to be. I I don't agree with the fact that he was a free agent this entire time, and I really hope Charkandrick West and Spencer Ware, I hope they're both brought back. Uh, I don't know who starts among the three. Charkendrick West, Spencer Ware, and Damian Williams. I mean, those are the three guys who are probably more viable starters. Maybe different guys start different games. I don't know. And again, you've got to consider injuries at that position. It's It's a very difficult position for players to stay healthy. But you'll have not only a good starter in one of those three guys, but I think you're going to have very good depth at that running back position. Fullback Anthony Sherman uh, of course, just had his first Pro Bowl uh, the, this past Sunday. Uh, you got to bring him back. He's been a big part. And Kansas City has had a lot of great luck with the fullback position ever since Tony Richardson was let go. Ever since uh, his last day as a Chief. So, you, you got to keep that up. I, I know the Chiefs, the Chiefs are one of the few teams in the NFL that still utilize the fullback position. And... There aren't a lot of good fullbacks out there for those that want to, to have a fullback on their team. And I think it's going to be very important that the Chiefs keep Anthony Sherman. So, uh, in fact, if I had to make my pick between Ware, West, and Sherman, gosh, give me Sherman, man. I really liked West and Ware. I made that clear. But running backs are replaceable. Look at Jamal Charles and uh, Kareem Hunt. Those guys were third-round picks. Uh and you were, of course, you, you had a lot of good luck with and West. Just about any running back under Andy Reid does well. I don't Name me a running back that hasn't done well in Kansas City under Andy Reid. I can't think of one. Just about everybody who has played, uh, you know, given where they are on the depth chart and how much time they, they've seen on the field, they've done, at the very least, above average, acceptable. Uh, a passing grade, if you would. Uh, So I I, I like what I see from running backs under Andy Reid. Give me Anthony Sherman. Hopefully they can bring back all three of them, but Sherman is the more vital one of the three. You look at tight ends, you got Demetrius Harris and Alex Ellis. Uh, It's going to be very interesting. I'm not exactly sure what the Chiefs are going to do with the tight end position. I did mention on Facebook that the Packers are expected to release Jimmy Graham, whose career has kind of declined. I should have said kind of. It has absolutely declined. But what if he comes, and I know I say this about a lot of offensive players, but what if he came to Kansas City and played with with Andy Reid as his head coach, who, again, Andy Reid always gets guys to uh, reach their potentials, and sometimes even above. Uh, not only that, you would have Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback, and Mahomes, just like Alex Smith, loves using the tight end position quite a bit, especially when you've got good tight ends. Uh, I think Demetrius Harris, he did some good things, he had suites similar to Travis Kelsey. Now... Other areas where he needs to improve on uh, maybe could be reasons why the Chiefs let him go. And I think Jimmy Graham, if he comes to Kansas City, maybe he could resurrect his career with the help of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. I think that would be something to consider. And again, it's not like he's going to cost you a lot of money because he hasn't done well lately. So that's something to uh, keep in mind. Uh, I would let Demetrius Harris and Alex Ellis go. I know we would lose our Demetrius Harris air horns. That, of course... (laughs) That's a that's a tradition on this podcast. Uh, we would need to designate another player for the Airhorns, unfortunately. Uh, that is the one thing I will miss about Harris. But nonetheless, uh, there are more important things than a Airhorn audio clip on a Chiefs podcast. So tight ends, Demetrius Harris, Alex Ellis, I think they will both uh, move on. Uh, the Chiefs will let them go and look for tight ends elsewhere through free agency and... Maybe late in the draft and with undrafted players. So that is something to keep in mind. Wide receivers is going to be very interesting. I talked about Kelvin Benjamin and how I think Kelvin Benjamin and the Chiefs would benefit from extending their relationship. I wrote about this on ArrowheadAddict.com and I posted it on Facebook. A lot of you guys had mixed opinions. Most of you guys disagreed with me on this. But listen, what I just said about Jimmy Graham potentially coming to Kansas City. Look at Sammy Watkins. That guy's career had declined the past couple of years and when he came to Kansas City... Uh, Playing for the Chiefs this year, I mean, he was huge. When he came back from injury in the playoff game against the Colts and in the Patriots, had a phenomenal postseason with the Chiefs. Probably the best wide receiver who the Chiefs had in the playoffs against the Colts and the Patriots. So, listen, Andy Reid, not only does he know good running backs, not only do players, especially on offense, just excel under him, but he's able, now, now he can say he's been able to get guys to rebound. Michael Vick, who was not a complete quarterback during his time in Atlanta, When he went to Philadelphia, far more complete quarter. And being away from the game of football, being behind bars for that much time that he was, uh, 22 months I believe is what it was, and to be able to play well in Philadelphia. I mean, that's huge right there. That's not an easy thing to do for any head coach. Andy Reid was able to do that. Now, I think an interesting experiment, not that I would be... In favor of this, but what if Andy Reid got guys like Jermarcus Russell or Johnny Menzel? Again, I'm not in favor of that in KC. I'll even throw Tim Tebow, Colin Kaepernick, guys who have been away from the game for so long. How would he get those guys to be in their form again, being away from the game for, for so long? We saw what he did with Mike Vick. He can do it with a lot of players. That's what I'm going to say about Kelvin Benjamin. Again, I know he didn't play a whole lot this year for the Chiefs. He was kind of an insurance policy in case... Sammy Watkins was unavailable in the playoffs. But I think having Tyreek Hill, having Sammy Watkins, and having a guy like Kelvin Benjamin be one of those guys. And keep in mind, Chris Conley is also on this list. He could be a free agent this offseason. Marcus Kemp and DeAnthony Thomas, those are also guys who could be free agents this year. But Kelvin Benjamin, this guy did some really good things in Carolina his first couple of years with the team. And I think under Andy Reid, maybe he can gradually go back to that old Kelvin Benjamin that we once saw early in the NFL. Now, I will say this about De'Anthony Thomas. I was going to come on here and say that I hope he comes back because I think this is a guy who really your offense could really benefit from. We didn't see much from De'Anthony Thomas. He did get a touchdown pass on a sweep toss from Patrick Mahomes. Okay, not a pass necessarily, but it's a forward pass, so it counts as a touchdown pass. Uh, he had that with the Chiefs in week one against the Chargers. And in week two against the Steelers, almost took a punt return back all the way for a touchdown. Uh, that was the game where the Chiefs got off to a 21-0 start. Uh, unfortunately, they tied it at halftime, but Chiefs still came away with the win. Uh, but those were the only notable moments with Anthony Thomas. Did uh, suffer an injury in practice that sidelined him for the rest of the year. Look, the potential's there, but given what just happened, could he have cost his shot with the team? I don't know. We'll see. I think he did. Uh, but I really would love to see Kelvin Benjamin back. I know a lot of you guys are against that idea, but I think Kelvin Benjamin can bring a lot of good things for this offense as a, as a guy who's part of the supporting cast. Part of, He can provide good depth for this receiving corp behind Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill. A lot of people were surprised that the Bills went ahead and released Kelvin Benjamin. I think Kelvin Benjamin would be a good asset in... In Kansas City, and I think this is a good place for him to maybe rebound his career. Maybe resurrect his career while he can. A couple of years, I, th- I think he'd benefit from it. I think the Chiefs would as well. This is a very interesting one. you got three offensive linemen here, and Mitch Morris is one of them. Mitch Morris, has, in his four years, uh, ever since he was drafted by the Chiefs out of Mizzou, drafted as a tackle, by the way, and converted to center, he's only allowed two and a half sacks in his career. All of them from his rookie season. Ten penalties in his career too, by the way. Now, he did miss nine games last year and five games this year. But still, to play all 16 games in his second season, 49 total games in the NFL and you've only allowed two and a half sacks. You have not allowed a sack in the last three years. Uh, Again, I, I know he's missed nine games in 2017 and five games this past year. Still, zero sacks is no joke. We talk a lot about Mahomes and how... You know, some of the protection protection. Excuse me, is not there for him at times, but one of the guys who you don't have to complain about so much is Mitch Morse. That's hard to come across in the NFL, especially when you... Uh, yeah, I think in Kansas City, we've been spoiled with good offensive line play from the Dick for a million years with Willie Rofe, Will Shields, Casey Wegman, and he did come back for uh, another run with the Chiefs, John Wellborn, Brian Waters. Uh, it's really hard to have that kind of success with an offensive line. And the Chiefs do have some really good players. You've got Mitchell Schwartz, who was the offensive lineman uh, of the year from Pro Football Focus. You have Mitch Morse, who has not allowed a sack in a couple of years. Eric Fisher. He does have some good games, but also has some really bad games. More consistency from him. And maybe you have a very good and a more realistic Pro Bowl left tackle in Eric Fisher. I know he made the Pro Bowl this year, but... A lot of people thought it was undeserving. I can see both sides to that. I, I, and I've talked about that at the time as when it happened as well. No need to revisit that subject. Uh, but bring back Mitch Morse. you got to bring him back. Also, Jordan Davey and Jeff Allen. Jeff Allen, uh, one of uh, several players who the Chiefs brought back for a second stint in Kansas City. Uh, so couple of interesting uh options right there with that offensive line too jeff allen a versatile guy as well so that's going to be interesting to see what the chiefs decide to do if they bring him back uh, as as a guy who provides depth on this football team so key guys on offense who i think the chiefs should consider bringing back Warren west for sure anthony sherman uh I, i'm gonna go for sure on kelvin benjamin chris conley uh look i've had mixed feelings on him I thought the Chiefs should have released him last offseason. He did some good things this year, and I think Mahomes had a big hand in that. But I think Conley might try testing the uh, testing the waters and see if he has a starting opportunity elsewhere. might be very hard to do with Watkins and Hill in front of him, so he might want to go be a starter elsewhere. But I think Kelvin Benjamin would be willing to accept a role as a uh, depth player on this receiving corps. So I want Kelvin Benjamin to come back. And I really want to see Mitch Morse come back as well as Jeff Allen because those are not guys that you're able to find out there in free agency. Very difficult to do. So again, uh, my guys, West, Ware, Sherman, uh, Kelvin Benjamin, Mitch Morse, and Jeff Allen. So six of the 12 offensive players I really want to come back for the Chiefs in 2019. Defensively, this is going to be very interesting to see. Uh, I'll I'll just say off the top right now, D. Ford. The biggest one right there, uh, and I probably one of the best defensive players right now in the NFL without a contract. You've got Alan Bailey, who had a fairly good season. Obviously, it was overshadowed by what Justin Houston and Chris Jones did. But Alan Bailey did some good things for this Chiefs defense. And let me say one other thing about guys like Alan Bailey, D. Ford, Justin Houston, and Chris Jones. Those four guys did a really great job of pressuring quarterbacks. And all of them had a hand in the team tying for first with 52 sacks this year. The thing that people need to keep in mind, a lot of times it, with these four guys, it was a race with one person and another to see who could get to the quarterback first at times. That's what this front seven really brought for opposing offensive linemen and quarterbacks, making it very hard for them. So I really hope the Chiefs do bring back both D. Ford and Allen Bailey. Again, guys who are very difficult to, to replace and hard to find in the draft and in free agency So hopefully the Chiefs can do what they can to sign these guys. Now, let me say this. D. Ford, going to be a very expensive player for sure. One other thing you've got to consider. The Chiefs did, there was that report that came out uh, before the AFC Championship game that the, I can't remember if it was the AFC Championship game or the Divisional Round game, against the Colts, but the report did come out that the Chiefs are looking to extend Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones this offseason as those are guys who will be eligible for a new contract this year. Another thing the Chiefs need to keep in mind Patrick Mahomes, not eligible for a contract this year, but next year would be the case. And when you re sign players, you got to consider the salary cap for years to come. If you sign Alan Bailey, he's going to be a pricey guy to ring back, as is D Ford. Uh, I, I think Anthony Sherman, he's going to be due for a big payday at his position. So uh, these are, and Mitch Morse as well. Uh, again, he, he can use his stats as leverage to demand. A big contract. You've got to consider these kinds of things and make sure that you can also retain your quarterback and Patrick Mahomes, as well as Tyreek Hill, two, two guys who've had a big part of uh, of your dynamic offense. Chris Jones, a uh, big reason why why your defense, I guess, could could have been thirty second and wasn't. Uh, I know that's not saying much, but uh, those fifty two sacks. I mean, at least you have that to live off from and build on. With your defense moving forward, and Chris Jones was a big part of that. So you've got to consider those kinds of things when you try to re-sign these guys and look at the contract. Something worth noting, but going back, D Ford and Allen Bailey for sure. Defensive lineman Justin Hamilton and Daniel Ross, not the biggest deal in the world if he lose them. They're really just depth chart guys, guys who might fill in uh, in rotation at times or if a player gets injured. Inside linebacker Terrence Smith... Uh, this is going to be an interesting one also because what kind of a role would Terrence Smith add in a 4-3 defense? Is he important enough to you that you will bring him back in, under a 4-3 scheme with C- Steve Stagnuolo? That, that, that's something that will be very interesting to keep an eye on moving forward. Same thing for Frank Zombo, uh, a player who the Chiefs brought back just like Jeff Allen and also Ron Parker. Ron Parker uh, was set to be a free agent. However, the Chiefs cut him For Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, they activated him. Ron Parker was let go five days before the AFC title game. Jordan Lucas, who a lot of Chiefs fans were pretty high on and wanted to see more of him. He is also set to be a free agent. Your quarterbacks, Orlando Skandrick, I think a lot of Chiefs fans would be happy to see him walk. And Steven Nelson uh, had his ups and downs. All the cornerbacks had ups and downs on the defense this year. But I think Steven Nelson is a guy who the Chiefs want to bring back at least one more year. For 2019. And the last player on this list on special teams. Uh, your kicker Harrison Butker. Uh, gotta bring him back. I think he's done a lot of good things for your team. I know he missed a couple of PATs. And a couple of field goals this year. But still uh, he, he did a phenomenal job. His rookie season coming in. Uh, it shattered the franchise record. For most uh, field goals in a single season. And most field goals by a rookie as well. In NFL history. So uh, Harrison Butker is a guy who you want to move forward with. And a guy who I think could be. Uh, one of the next Adam Vinatieri, uh Sebastian Janagowski type of kickers. They he he's really that good. We didn't see him a whole lot from long range this year, and I would be interested in seeing how he gets tested from that, but you didn't need to see him a lot from long range because the Chiefs' offense was able to move the football more. Their red zone offense drastic improvements, whereas with Alex Smith, the Chiefs' red zone offense was not very good. One of the worst in the NFL, and that's why you saw Harrison Butker have the 38 field goals. He had his rookie season, which was a franchise record and an NFL rookie record for a kicker. So that is your free agency. Uh, Again, I'll go over the list one more time of players who I would absolutely make every effort in bringing back. Spencer Ware, Charkandrick West, Anthony Sherman, Kelvin Benjamin, Mitch Morse, Jeff Allen, that's 6 on offense. Allen Bailey, D Ford. I would go ahead and bring back Terrence Smith. Frank Zamo, let's not let him walk cuz I think you can easily replace him. Steven Nelson, I would bring back. Jordan Lucas I'd bring back. So that's 5 on defense, 6 on offense. And of course, as I, I, I as I mentioned, I would be in favor of bringing heavily in favor of bringing back Harrison Bucker, so 12 total players out of the 23 who are currently without a contract, which, you know, about half right there, uh, would be fairly normal uh, to bring back half of your potential free agents. And I think those are 12 important guys who you really need to bring back. uh, Your offense, keep that high-powered offense going, your defense. Sure, again, 31st in, in the NFL, but there were still some bright spots I don't think that 31st rank is a fair representation as to how good this defense can be in 2019 under a new defensive coordinator and Steve Spagnuolo and under a new scheme. That would all be very interesting to see. And I think if you bring back some of those players, you'll see some interesting improvements. Uh, It'll be just interesting to see how it plays out. I think this preseason is going to be very important for the defense. How does that defense look in the preseason? Those four preseason games are going to be very important to see. Assuming the Chiefs don't have a fifth game. Again, with Tony Gonzalez possibly being a headliner for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that's uh, that's one that uh, maybe could come into play. Maybe the Chiefs do get that fifth game. And I would like to see that, uh, especially with, the, with a 4-3 defense. That's when I would be most interested in, in seeing five preseason games for the Chiefs. Let me know your thoughts on everything we discussed here. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Twitter.com slash Farzine21. And my email, Farzine at FarzineVesugian.com. A lot of topics we discussed here. A lot to unfold. And uh, still a few more things left to do. But again, like I said, a lot of things we discussed here with C Spagnolo, the Pro Bowl, DeAnthony Thomas, and of course the 23 players who are currently without a contract for the Chiefs. Let me know your thoughts on any of those topics. We've already got discussions about that going on. Uh, on the Facebook page, so let me know on there as well as Twitter and uh, feel free to email me as well. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Bad news for Alex Smith. Uh, I can't remember if we touched on this or not, but I, I, I want to say we did on the podcast. I can't remember, but Alex Smith appeared at the Washington Wizards game and. I mean, that brace, the the, the brace, yeah, one of the more heavy-duty protective braces you will ever see on a person's leg and on their knee. Uh, I think this is already expected, but there are reports now coming out that he is expected to miss all of 2019, and 2020 is still kind of in question for him at the moment. Look, I think now you've got to ask the question, does this change What Washington will do moving forward with their quarterback situation. Yes, they have Colt McCoy, but uh, he's obviously not a starting uh, caliber of a quarterback in the NFL. And you gave up a lot for Alex Smith. Uh, You gave up Kendall Fuller in a third-round pick, and you can't do much about that right now. But listen, at this point, perhaps you might want to try your luck. Kind of like Kansas City, Chicago, Houston, Cleveland. We talked about the quarterbacks uh, that those teams have recently drafted and how much success they've had with those guys. Is it now time for the NFL, for NFL teams, uh, especially those that are in desperate need of a quarterback and they want a young quarterback to build off and really just work with for years to come with their franchise? Do you take risks more? Because look at what some of the recent quarterbacks have been able to do for teams like the Chiefs, the Bears, the Texans, and the Browns. Maybe the Redskins should try gambling and go for a quarterback in this upcoming draft class. I know there may not be a lot of hype with some of these uh, quarterbacks. Uh, there there are always people who say that this is a good draft class to no, know. It's not a good draft class. You never know. Uh, these general managers and these the scouts, these coaches, they do their due diligence in trying to figure out what what the future holds for these quarterbacks, but I think the Redskins should consider a quarterback in this draft at this point. I don't know if Alex Smith could be the same guy once he comes back. He'll be, what, in his mid-30s by that point. And uh, at that point, the Redskins might need to uh, move on from Alex Smith. Speaking of quarterbacks, Tom Brady, quarterback for the Pats. A lot of people think that this is going to be his last year, especially if he wins the Super Bowl. Maybe he would have uh, retired if he won last year's Super Bowl. Tom Brady said there's zero chance of him retiring win or lose after Super Bowl 53 and look good for Tom Brady man if you think you can keep playing if, if you can people will say it's not about the money let's be honest man when you're making millions of dollars and I know Tom Brady has always renegotiated and has given money back to the Patriots but when you are making still millions of dollars in addition to your wife being a supermodel being worth more than you uh, you want you to bask that in for as long as you can right and I know Tom Brady's talked about that. You hear this a lot with coaches and players wanting to step away from the game, uh, either because of family things, they want to be there for their kids, final year of high school, or, or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, and now, Tom Brady doesn't have children that are that old. I mean, they're, they're still very young kids. So, still has a lot of time. And, you know, hey, look, the, their dad still comes to the games with supermodel wife Giselle so listen at the end of the day uh, you just hope that he's not putting his body at any risk the older he gets that's the only concern I have for Tom Brady Uh, and and listen you know what as a Chiefs fan I'm glad he's sticking around I want to see more Brady versus Mahomes more of the old-school versus new generation I mean that's the closest we'll get to right now to something like that Uh, so we will see Brady Mahomes 3 Uh, At least one more time in 2019, those two teams are set to face off. And let me say this, by the way, if the Patriots do win the Super Bowl, they're only facing three teams at home with a winning record. The Chiefs are one of them. The Cowboys are the other, and I can't remember who the third team is, but, man, I've got to wonder if the Chiefs and and Patriots could play the kickoff game again like they did two years ago. Would be interesting to see. Uh, Also, last thing I want to talk about, referee Bill Vinovich. He was the head official from the Saints and Rams NFC title game, of course, getting heckled a lot by people because of that missed pass interference call. He was officiating a BYU college basketball game, and BYU fans uh, who were sitting front row were calling for him, and he walked towards them, uh, didn't know what he was going to be asked, but uh, he was asked about the pass interference call, and he said, look, I don't want to talk about it. He walked away. It's not like they harassed him, by the way, and were threatening to hurt him. They were just asking about it. Um, By the way, I I think it was Ohio State... In 2002, I think they won a bowl game on some crazy pass interference call. Or maybe it was a missed pass interference call. Uh, My uh, high school principal at the time, he was one of the uh, referees uh, for that game. He was a Big 12 ref and he officiated that uh, Ohio State game. And when he said that he was uh, a a Big 12 ref and that he was an official for that game, Ohio State game every single kid asked him was it pass interference <laughs> that's the first thing people wanted to know from him if, if that was the pass interference in the Ohio State game I hope you guys know what I'm referring to I can't remember exactly the year who Ohio State played but uh, Bill Vinovich kind of reminds me of Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character from Rat Race where he was uh, a referee and he screwed up the coin toss in the Cowboys game and everyone was asking him when they came across him hey you that was a bad coin toss, whatever. Now, Bill Vinovich is like Huey Gooding Jr.'s character from Rat Race, where people just want to know, uh, you know, what what, what happened? Was it really past interference or not? So, uh, by the way, props to these fans for recognizing him. I, I would not have noticed that, uh, but some BYU fans, I guess they, they uh, pay attention to these referees pretty well. Uh, but look... What do you expect them to say? Uh, the NFL needs to address this. Saints players are criticizing the NFL for not coming out and, and making a statement about this when everyone else has discussed it. Uh, all the NFL did was find Nikhil Roby Coleman. <laughs> what I, what was it ten thousand dollars or maybe even more for? And they ha- find him for helmet to helmet. I'll tell you what, man. That ten, twenty thousand, thirty thousand dollars, however much it is, I think Rams fans are going to build a GoFundMe page to help pay for that because. That essentially got them the trip to the Super Bowl. And no, I'm not blaming that call because the Saints got away with a face mask call on Jared Goff. Okay, I've said this before and I'll say it again and I'll continue to say it. All 32 teams get away with penalties and it it, it needs to be fixed. But it's not like there's an uneven playing field. All 32 teams deal with it. It only gets... Promoted more for the losing team, and the the call that went against them in a crucial moment gets brought up the most. That's just how it works. Let's go out of bounds. Number nine, KU, fell to number eight, Kentucky, seventy-one sixty-three at Rupp Arena. Uh, I know we've talked about KU quite a lot in the closing segments lately because I think this is very important team that has built this cr- crazy dynasty, winning however many consecutive Big 12 titles. Uh, but that could be in jeopardy now. KU has gone 6-4 in their last 10 games. And you look at that right now, 6-4, not great, especially by KU standards. Uh, in a very competitive Big 12 conference a very good basketball conference, the loss to West Virginia, a team that's not very competitive they they won their first Big 12 game against KU that was a brutal loss for for the Jayhawks KU is 16-4, still the best overall record in the Big 12, although that's not as relevant as the conference record, which they're 5-2 tied with Kansas State Uh, Baylor, Iowa State or, uh, yeah, Iowa State and Texas Tech, they are all right behind KU, look this KU team has battled hard, even in their losses. And if they win the Big Twelve, I don't think it's going to be outright. Or see, I don't think it's going to be alone. I think it'll at least be a share uh, of, the, of the Big Twelve. Uh, listen, this is a KU team that just has not been. Getting the job done. And Bill Self has taken a lot of criticism for this. The players have taken a lot of criticism for this. Losing Yudoka Azubuki, that's obviously not going to help. But even when you had Yudoka Azubuki, this basketball team still wasn't getting the job done. Still struggling. Uh, I mean, the situation with DeSouza, no one knows if he's going to be eligible. This is a KU team that I think K-State, you know, knocking on the door as well as a couple of other teams right behind them. This is a KU team that I think the 14th straight does come to an end. Uh, I don't want to sit here and write them off. I think KU is still going to be a very competitive basketball team moving forward. But this is a team that I don't expect to do. I don't think they're going to do much in the Big 12 tournament. And I'll tell you what, the Big 12 tournament in previous years has not been an important one for KU. But this year more than ever, boy, would it really be important for KU to win it. That way they could get the highest seed possible winning the Big 12 tournament. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see how how that unfolds with Bill Self and the Jayhawks this season. So not looking very good for uh, KU. One former KU player, however, Nick Collinson, the former uh, legend for the Oklahoma City Thunder slash Seattle Supersonics. He's going to have his jersey retired in March. Kevin Durant, by the way, he is willing to let bygones be bygones and support his former teammate, of eight years, one of them... It's nine years, excuse me. One of them in Seattle in the supersonic days. The other eight in uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, listen, uh, I think it's actually a very nice gesture by Kevin Durant to make an effort to attend the retirement ceremony on March the 20th. Uh, the Warriors don't play on the 20th. They play the day before in Minnesota and Durant plans on flying from Minnesota to Oklahoma City so he can be there for the Jersey retirement ceremony and the Golden State Warriors said that they are going to accommodate him for that not only is that a very cool gesture by by Kevin Durant but also by the Golden State Warriors to make that happen I remember Dayton Moore the general manager of the Kansas City Royals he went to St. Louis for a Cubs and Cardinals game to present Ben Zobrist I forgot his name for a moment Uh, Ben Zobris to present him with his World Series ring uh, from 2015 and 2016 when those two teams played in St. Louis Dayton Moore made that trip over uh, so he could present them I don't know if he did that privately or if that was a ceremony done in front of Cardinals fans and I question that because it is a Cubs player getting the ring so I don't know how that would put over over with uh, Cardinals fans but still a very cool gesture to make that effort rather than just make him come to Kansas City and get it so uh, these kinds of things I know we see so much negative stories in sports you know trash talking players getting in trouble and whatnot. Uh hopefully stories like this again I get it in our news world and it's been like this for years and years and years not just today uh, the negative stories always get the most amount of attention and understandably so uh, but it's always nice to see stories like this in sports One last thing I do want to touch on, Uh, Bill Maher, uh, one of my favorite hosts, uh, he responded to a lot of critics about a previous joke he made regarding uh, Marvel. Uh, This was back when Stan Lee passed away, and he took a shot at Marvel fans and comic books. Uh, Maher responded to those comments, uh, saying that, look, he wasn't attacking Stan Lee uh, he was criticizing Marvel fans, especially adult Marvel fans who are into comic books and buy the collectible action figures and whatnot. Listen, I think he has somewhat of a point here. But, you know, why, and look, I'm, I'm one of those people that says, hey, look, do whatever makes you happy in life. But why is it that an adult would collect a an Iron Man action figure, <laughs> um... You know, I remember uh, there's a store in Kansas City, and I think they've expanded over the years, called Vintage Stock. They have uh, old video games, kind of like GameStop, but they also have uh, playing cards, and they also have uh, sports cards that you can collect as well. Uh, Some signed sports memorabilia stuff as well, and they also have comic books. I remember walking in one day, and I saw these guys in their 30s. I can't remember if it was Pokemon cards or Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I saw these adults playing those cards, and I thought, man... Uh, they must have a lot of free time. And probably single as well. Uh, listen, I think Bill Maher has somewhat of a valid point here. I don't agree with him fully. The whole adults collecting action figures, okay, that I kind of agree with. But, Bill Maher's got to understand one thing. Comic books have turned into creating a lot of great events uh, for TV and movies. Look at The Walking Dead. Game of Thrones, Marvel movies, DC movies. If I'm not mistaken, uh, in 2018, Black Panther and Infinity War, both Marvel movies, were some of the best movies ever in box office history. So listen, these comic books have turned into uh, just exotic moments uh, in the film and TV industry. Again, like Marvel and DC movies. And you look at some... Great TV shows like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones that have dominated ratings. So look, you have these things right here. I think Bill Maher's point may have been taken out of context, but I think at the same time, he doesn't have this full understanding that, look, comic books have turned into great TV shows and movies. By the way, I'm really surprised at his criticism because Bill Maher, I can't remember which Marvel movie it was, but he did make a cameo as a a guy who was delivering news. In a Marvel movie. I want to say it was Iron Man 3. Can't remember which one. But kind of surprised he did uh, go that route twice. With uh, the discussion of Marvel. And Stan Lee. Let me know your thoughts on that. Or anything else we've discussed on this segment. Final segment of the show. Let's throw some penalty flags. The Pro Bowl was broadcasting on ESPN. I want to go back to this because the ESPN broadcasters are horrible for Monday Night Football and for any other games that they end up broadcasting. Booger McFarland made some comment during the Pro Bowl about how he wants Patrick Mahomes to scan the field more like he did during the season. Okay, genius, it's the Pro Bowl. Look, these guys are playing backyard football, all right? Uh, Jason Witten was by the way uh, presenting the award to the Pro Bowl MVPs Mahomes and uh, I mentioned Jet Safety Jamal Adams Witten tries to lift the trophy instead of holding it from the bottom he holds it from above the base where and pretty much the top of the trophy where you have that football shape uh, from the trophy uh, takes it off and it's in half kind of like the uh, movie uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's Borat When he goes to that antique store and breaks everything and says, Hey, uh, my friend can glue. Uh, Don't worry, my friend, he can make a glue. I don't think you're going to be able to glue that stuff back. I think you're going to have to pay for it. Okay, I have a digital watch from the future. I will give you. It's um, worth more than all of this. (laughs) A digital watch from the future. That movie never gets old for me. It really doesn't. But... uh... Yeah, uh, I mean, Jason Wynn's terrible season just came to a fitting end, uh, failing to lift that trophy. And Jamal Adams lost his mind, too. That was funny. But yeah, uh, please, ESPN, get new broadcasters next year. Just please do. Can we please stop with the anger about the referees and the Patriots going back to the Super Bowl? Look. Uh, I'll talk about this a little bit in the next show because I know ticket prices for the Super Bowl are low, and the Patriots are to are the blame for it. Uh, we'll get into that next episode. But people are pretending like they won't watch the Super Bowl uh, because they're they're boycotting. They're not going to watch it. They refuse to watch it. Bars in New Orleans, by the way, they're refusing to air the Super Bowl. Instead, they will air the Super Bowl from 2010 when the Saints beat the Colts. Look, you've got people in your area who are Rams fans and, and Patriots fans who are going to want to come to a sports bar to watch. So uh, it's not a good business decision, to be honest. Uh, but look, I'm not a, I'm not a sports bar owner, so I don't know about these kinds of stuff. Uh, can we just let it go? I've said it before. All 32 teams get screwed over with calls, and they all get away with calls. And on top of that, you're going to forego missing the biggest game of the year only comes once a year man I mean the, look maybe you don't care about the teams but the commercials the halftime show and you never know if it's going to end up being a good game did you think that Nick Foles was going to pull off an upset no everybody wrote off the Eagles even I did but look man at the end of the day it's a, it's the Super Bowl you watch it because you want to you're, you're hoping for the upset you're hoping the Rams pull out with a win You're hoping that Brady goes down. So don't just write off the the Rams and say the Patriots are winning. I know people may not care about the Rams either, but... It's the Super Bowl, man. You can't ever forego watching the Super Bowl. Unless you're working, you've got some other important commitment, which is understandable. But if you're at home and doing nothing, come on. You can't pretend like you don't want to see it. Okay, I've been wanting to rant about this for a while. Uh, I have a LinkedIn account. Which I don't check often. Uh, and when I do, I have tons of friend requests and messages. I get messages from people saying... Uh, I guess in in my uh, in my LinkedIn uh, page, I, I haven't mentioned that I host a podcast. I've had people contact me wanting to do advertisements on this podcast. And, and they, they don't specify the advertisement specifics on here uh i I responded to one of them saying okay what do i owe you how do you get the advertisement he said nope you don't owe me nothing i can just find advertisements for you i go look you you cannot just get me advertisements and let me not pay you nothing tell me how this works and he didn't respond to that of course uh funny how people do business man uh by the way i get messages from people on linkedin saying can i come on your podcast to talk about my journey traveling the world no, you may not come on my Kansas City Chiefs podcast to... Why would I bring you on? I mean, listen, there might be some uh, people who I'd be willing to have on who are Chiefs. We've brought Morgan Ganim on the show a couple of times, who's a musician, of course, but he's a Chiefs fan, of course, and of course has, has the theme song for this podcast. Uh, I mean, the, those there are certain situations. We still talk Chiefs with him. Marty McDonald, We he's obviously uh, a Chiefs fan, but we've also talked about what he's got going on that may not be Chiefs related, so... Uh, I get those kinds of things, but I'm not going to do a full-blown interview with someone who has absolutely zero ties to the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't understand the logic in that. Uh, I really wish people would understand. I get people are copying and pasting messages, uh, but it's just not a smart way to promote yourself and do business. By the way, another rant while I'm at it with business. I really hate it when people hand me their business card and they don't say anything they just walk away I've seen this at conventions people will just hand their business card to someone who they think can help them which is a smart thing to do but they don't even shake their hand or or uh, do anything when I was working at 610 I was producing this outdoor show on the weekend which was a paid programming show it was not part of 610 Sports but I remember someone was a guest and I don't even remember who this person was uh, the guest came uh, to the other side of the uh, of the glass in the studio the, the producing room Uh, just to hand me his business card, didn't say a single word, opens the door, tries to keep a hand on the door, and just wants to reach out to me to give this business card. Doesn't say a word, walks away. And what do I do? I just threw the business card in the trash. And look, I mean, I'll do it in front of you if I have to. If you just give me your card and you don't introduce yourself to me, you don't say what your business is about... I think I have every reason to throw your business card away in front of you. I mean, why would you just hand your business card to someone and not want to tell someone... First of all, shake your hand, introduce yourself, and say what you do. I mean, at least make some sort of an effort to prove to yourself who you are. That's my rant of the episode. There's that. People who don't know how to do business pretend like they know how. But they don't. LinkedIn, I I mean, I think it's a good concept, but man, do people misuse the hell out of LinkedIn. They really do. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Next episode on Friday, we will preview Super Bowl 53. And what do the Chiefs have to do to make it to Super Bowl 54? We will talk about that on Friday's episode of the Chiefstone Podcast. Tune in for that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Podbean. Share the podcast links as well. You guys have been doing a great job with that. Spreading the podcast. Spreading the word. I appreciate those who have been doing so and please continue to do so as we move along with the offseason in full swing. Interaction on Facebook and Twitter will continue. Facebook.com slash Basugi and give it a like. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter as well at Fardzine21 and my email feel free to email me farzine at farzine my name is farzine vasugian big thanks to all of you for downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs podcast very busy week very busy episode lots of chiefs news to talk about let's keep the discussion going on social media until then i'll talk to you on friday enjoy your week talk to you later